Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bazzaro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And if you're hungry and you don't want to leave your house or your office, click on the DoorDash app and order your favorite foods and have it delivered to you right away. So with that being said, I have Mrs. Spuds back from Brooklyn, New York for a part two. So let's just jump in right where we left off. I'm going to just have you continue to tell your story. I think we all remember where you left off, but go ahead and just let's jump right into it. So I so eventually after this nagging, um, this nagging uh, dream about French fries, I, you know, as you grow, you you have to take uh, as you grow, life is happening, right? What are you going to do next? Right. And I, I, my life is like a lifetime movie that never ends. You know, I'm always looking for the next experience. I'm always open and willing to try new things. But I had to bet on myself like I wanted to. I, I was over the job. Like I, I worked in corporate. I hated the politics. Um, I, I, I eventually wanted to be my own boss. You know, I don't want to take orders from people who don't care about me. They just care about the bottom line. They just care about getting the job done. And I get that. But you're not tapping into me and understanding what I'm putting into this. Right. Why I do it the way I do it. Why I don't want to do it the way the person that before me did it. Right. Because you have to have your own personal touch or your imprint. You know, and they're just to me and that mattered to me, like where when I work, I need to be connected. And this is something that I've learned over the years, why certain places didn't work for me, why certain places I don't go to certain people I don't mingle with, because if I'm not able to connect, if there's a disconnection, it just doesn't work for me. It just shifts my energy. You know, it doesn't allow me to present my best self my best product, you know, the, the words that come out of my mouth, the feeling that I'm feeling, like all of this stuff matters to me, you know? So I said, well, what can I, what am I gonna do? Can I do better, you know? Um, am I going to be an employee for the rest of my life? I just didn't want that, but I just didn't see that for myself. I didn't see myself retiring in somebody's company and getting a watch that's going to, tarnish in five years as a as a thank you gift like I did not want that for myself so I said you know the the world is my oyster you know I'm reading books and I'm, I'm listening to lectures talking about tapping into your own you know potential you know who are you what what can you contribute to the world and that was my my visual what can I contribute to the world, not just the person in front of me? What what am I going to leave to the world, my children, my grandchildren, my family? What am I going to do to make people proud? That's the stuff that matters to me, you know? And it started with the with with the French fries. <laughs> it started with the French fries. So I had to tap into that and say, you know what? If the vision keeps coming, it's saying something to you. It's not to get rid of the vision, but to activate because this is something that you love. Do what you love. Do what you love. And so I um, 
I got into a community program called the Weibo Workshop in Business Organization that helps young entrepreneurs or people starting a business um, start and grow their business. And it was a 12-week program that I attended twice a week for a few hours. And it helps you build your business plan and um, work your business idea from inception to launch. And it was the most wonderful thing because I didn't know that I had a full thesis. I didn't know that I actually had a plan. Like in my, like my idea is doable. Like, whoa. And it helped me think this all out. Like I can really sell my French fries, make dipping sauces, because I was always playing with food. So by the time I started this program, I think I had about four or five new dipping sauces that is because I played with food. I love food, right? Um, and I said- I love the dipping sauces because I think they're essential as well. The French fries are oh meant to transport God. sauce, just like bread's meant to transport butter. Hello, you tell it, okay? Like when you realize that ketchup is the least <laughs> of the potential- to enjoying a french fry, it just opens your world up. So I finished, when I uh, went through this program um, and we had our think tank, right? So I had my entire class come to my house and we did a tasting and we sat around my table and, and this should tell you something about me. Like my dining table is not square. It's not, it's not rectangular, it's round because everybody's ahead. Everybody, like we should all be connected. There's something meaningful to that with that about me. Like when you're sitting at a table with a group of people, I prefer to sit at a round table than a square table. That's why you can see people so much easier, right? Yeah, that's so why King Arthur had a round table. Even though he was king, he wanted everyone at the table, all of his knights to all be equal to him in opinion and input. So there you go. I love right? it. Go on, yeah. So we're sitting around and, you know, they're already excited. My, my classmates, we all have our different business, different ideas, but they're so excited about my business because they heard the passion with which I express and explain each point, each, you know, chapter of how I'm going to build this business. And then when I explain to them the dipping sauces, they're like, girl, call me when you open. I want to be at your launch and blah, blah, blah. So when we finally had the taste testing, everybody came, we sat around the table, I made french fries, I made the dipping sauces. And when I tell you the experience, what took place for about, an, I don't even want to say it, it went, it went on into the night. We sat and we talked and we, you know, they played with the sauces and they're like more fries, more sauces, more fries, more sauces. I remember walking into the back of my house and I'm coming out and I'm watching them. I'm watching them over my food. And it was no longer about the food, but about what was happening with my community. Yeah. How they just, how time just yeah, I love this. disappeared. Oh my God. I was like, I said, this, it, it's like, I kind of, I'm getting for Clint right now. I said, this is what I want for my business. I said, this is my business, bringing people together. Bringing people together, yeah, being I'm... with who you want to be with, right? Absolutely. Whatever problem anybody had before they came to my home disappeared. 
whatever issue they had disappeared. We were who we were. We wanted to be within that moment with good food and good people. I said, that is my business. Yeah. I love this. So what were, what are, what were the four sauces that you started off with? We had Grandma's Original, of course. <laughs> we had mango chutney, peach apricot, and um, um, creamy jerk. So I had to have one mild, one sweet, one spicy, and one tangy. Very I because it only makes sense. I had to cover everybody's palate. I'm like, what am I going to do? So you had your spicy, that that jerk. Oh my god. Oh my god. The mango chutney, they're like, who knew you could put fruit on potatoes? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that, actually. It was bold move being your first try because I do like fruit on my French fries, actually. I And it's, it's weird because so it, it's not sweet like ketchup. It's a different type of sweet, which yeah. I like a lot. It's an yeah. actual sweet, um, not a corn yeah. syrup sweet, I guess. And um, yeah. I love that. Like. Okay, so how do you develop the menu from here? What steps do you take from here? I mean, how do you even launch a business still from this point? You're still in the very early stages. You're doing the workshop. Yeah. You're doing a business plan. So, like, where do you, how do you keep going from here? So, what I decided to do because I didn't know I was still in the in I, I didn't know how to go about getting. I'm still focused on getting this cart, but I didn't know how to go about getting it. How do I go about? having one built, what the what's the schematics going to be? Like, am I really about to put like an, a pan of hot oil <laughs> in the street? You know, you know, just bubbling oil in the street. You know, you have to really think these things out, right? You have to protect yourself in the public. Um, so I'm thinking about how how am I going to really do this? So I said, you know what, the best opportunity just came to me. Um, someone offered me um invited me to a farmer's market, which is about two, two and a half miles from me, called East New York Farms. And they have been doing this farm, which still blows my mind. They have been doing this farmer's market for over 25 years and nobody in my community knows about it. I'm like, well, come on, folks. We have to do better, right? Um, I said, you know what? And because this, this was the beauty of it, the fact that I didn't know about it made it a beautiful thing because I said, I'll start small. I don't want to be... I don't want such exposure, you know, um, I don't want to get scared. I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to, I don't want to do, you know, I don't want it to go well. I don't want to flop. So I said, you know what, I'll do this where nobody really knows me. And, um, and, and I'll do my fries. I'll do, I'll get a pop-up tent. I bought a fryer, um, a single fryer. I bought all these things that, that would help make my situation work. I bought two tables, my tent, a fryer. I had my banner made with my logo. Um, and I set up. I set up. I popped up my tent. I set up my fryer. I created this little makeshift store at this farmer's market. I created a beverage. Check this out. I created a beverage, I said, because you have to have something to go, you know, with this food in case people, you know, want a beverage and nobody, nobody at the market was selling anything to drink. So I said, you know what, add, a, add an additional piece of income or whatever. So I made this uh, drink, which is now Miss Bud's Raspberry Love iced tea. Okay. Lovely. Like the best, <laughs> Love it. the best beverage. It's so good. 
Um, so I set up at this farmer's market and people are walking by. They're like, who are you? What are you doing here? French fries. Who's just, and, and I'm hearing, this is what they're saying. French fries. That's all she got is fries. You don't have anything else, miss. You don't have chicken. You don't have um, a hamburger. You don't have hot. I said, no. I said, and the, the thing at that time, I did not eat meat. I was pretty much a, a vegan. I was mostly pescatarian, really. I ate fish. So I'm not going to, I'm like, ma'am, you don't want me to, 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 to make you a burger. Promise. It'll look pretty on the outside, but very bloody on the inside. I don't eat meat. I don't cook the stuff. So, you know, but try the fries, right? So I said, you know what, in, in order to, to quell this, to, to stop the talk, right, you have to engage, Right. I was a little nervous about it, but I said, you know, tap into yourself. I'm a, I'm a very outgoing, engaging and, you know, kind of person. I love people. Tap into that. Don't be afraid of them. They're probably as afraid of you as you are of them. And I said, make some samples. Let them try it. So I, I started frying the fries. Mm, uh-uh. You know how the fries smell once they once you start cooking them, right? Man, I'm drooling. I'm sorry you know, if the microphone you know what, shorts you know out. What I'm, started sorry, happening. I'm sorry if the mic shorts out. <laughs> You know what started happening once I started dropping the fries, right? Yeah, no one cared if there was any additional things for the items, whatever. Not at all. Not at all. And the fact that they saw the samples, they saw free. Okay? They saw free and they saw, hmm, let me see. Let me try it. And as they're sampling, I'm explaining to them, this is Grandma's original. Tell the story about Grandma, the food pantry, me serving the community. I'm telling them about mango chutney, mango with some of the spices. And as they're trying, I wish you could see their faces. They're trying not to be so obvious, but the that face that goes, mm, that's interesting. Mm, ooh, that's real good. Mm, that's nice. And then you hear, you hear <laughs> the sound effect. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that's nice. You, you see what I'm saying? And I'm like, mm, I'm getting them. And I'm like, keep talking, yeah. keep talking, keep talking. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'll take a small, I'll take two medium, I'll have a this, I'll have a that, no problem. The one person that ordered, it inspired everybody else who was curious to come over. I sold out every day since. And people have a fear of missing out. Once they see mm-hmm. someone go in and commit and they oh, no. have the smell and then it's in their head, mm-hmm. particularly in food, it works. It's mm-hmm. the reason, and and back in the day until COVID, mm-hmm. well, maybe even a couple things I want to point out to everyone just real quick so I can anchor it for the entrepreneurs. One is, is grocery stores used to bake bread in the evenings when the grocery stores mm-hmm. were the busiest so everyone would smell bread and when you smell food mm-hmm. you tend to buy more and you also don't want to miss yeah. out on something fresh so people would buy fresh bread all the time this that stopped true. a little bit this is true. it's also interestingly that smell that everyone recognizes in subway and i, I wanted to talk about the fries also but in subway people recognize the bread cooking all the time even though they just did it it became one of their big profit things it's really cool that you smell the bread even you know back in the day they actually used to blow it outside also so you could smell it walking by so you'd be tempted to walk in but they don't allow the hood vents to do that anyway yeah so um these are things that I agree with. And the same with the French fries. I think the smell mm-hmm. of a French fry, the appealingness mm-hmm. of what's going on there, um, I just think it lures people in. But anyway, go ahead. 
You were about to say something. Yeah. It's be, it's become one of the it's be, it's become one of the staples, the first things that we do when we open. Like before we even open, drop those fries. <laughs> drop the fries. And I used because to be because it's the appeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to be did fried chicken back in the day, and a lot of fried chicken mm-hmm. business for about eleven years, and but supplying mm-hmm. other people with the ingredients and the marinades and stuff like that. I was on the supply side and the fry side actually. And interestingly, mm-hmm. you are 100% right. Nothing, no one would give two craps about our booth at a trade show or two craps about getting samples from us until we first dropped that chicken and we first dropped the yeah. french fries. Once both of those came out and people could smell them and we gave away a free sample, forget about it. We were nonstop booked on sampling, tasting, yep. people wanting to buy it. And we'd even eventually, if we got smart, we'd start selling eight-piece chickens to go and French fry cups because even at a trade show, people are willing to buy it even though you're giving it away for free. We're like, oh, I I want more than one. Can I buy eight? Okay, yeah, you can buy eight. We're going to pay for this show. (laughs) So I think that that's what we're talking about here. But anyway, go ahead. I just want to anchor that for everyone. And it's the reason like P.F. Chang's became so successful is when they first opened not P.F. Chang's, I'm sorry, Panda Express. When they went yeah. from the Panda Inn Express and into their franchise mm-hmm. concept, they figured out that the orange chicken, which is only like, it, it was created at P, uh, geez, P.F., yeah. I keep doing that, Panda Express, is by giving away the free samples. And once a person had the first taste of what became the final version of orange chicken, the line never stopped. Mm-hmm. So it's a very effective yeah. marketing and advertising thing. But you've got to have a good product. And you've got to have a product everyone's going to enjoy and that's going to yeah. catch on, meaning I don't want to miss out what that person's having. So anyway, that's go right. ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah. But- no, it's quite all right. So we, we definitely tapped into the FOMO and, you know, people's curiosity. And, you know, we, we ended up building our business this way. Um it, it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was gratifying. It reassured me. It reaffirmed that dream, <laughs> you know, that dream, do what you love. And they saw it. They saw the passion and and they enjoyed the food. They enjoyed the food. So I, I ended up doing the farmer's market and additional markets. It, it, it taught me to tap into some of the other events that were going on around New York the complete complete completely opened my mind like I had no clue you know I I ended up participating and working at events that I, I I had attended for years you know as a as a patron now I I'm here selling my product and loving it and and I get it so because it because I used to attend these events at a patron I kind of know what I'm looking for from the merchant you know so now I'm a merchant and I know how to sell this product. I know what they're looking for. They're literally taking their time walking through each vendor, seeing what they can get from us. And I want to make sure that I have something you can walk away with. And I'm sure that I do. I'm sure that I do. So we, we, we um, had done the table in tents for about four years, four years, and a friend of mine, old friend of mine, someone that I had known for 20, 25 years. And I hadn't spoken to him in maybe nine years. We kind of got disconnected. And he just popped up at one of the events at East New York Farms and, you know, 
kind of kicked it and we're like, hey, how you been? What are you doing here? It's like, such a surprise. I'm like, what are you doing? Of all places. Why are you? Because he lived in another part of um, New York, like Long Island. And I'm like, what made you come to, to Brooklyn? Unless you had a like a real reason. He was like, no, nah, you know, I was following you on social media. And I saw what you were doing. and just came to visit and, and, and check up on you, girly, and see how you're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, what can I do for you? I'm not thinking anything of it. What can I do for you? He ordered some fries and um and sat because my I had seating at this point. Like I created with my table and tent this whole ambiance <laughs> for my customers. Love like this. I had tables and chairs and like I don't want you to go. I don't want you to leave. We have music, like, you know, I know it's the whole farmers market thing, but my space, I'm creating a a a, a whole other space for you to like really just chill and and, and hang out with me for a while, you know? So he hangs out with me and, you know, stays for a really, really long time. Then he leaves and then he comes back the following week and then he comes back another week and then he comes back another week. And I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> this doesn't make sense, you know? And so then we have this conversation, you know, he's watch. wait, first he's watching me and he, I'm super busy. I'm this time I'm working by myself, literally working by myself because I'm, I'm not thinking about hiring anybody. This is my baby. I'm doing it myself. I don't know about hiring people or, or creating, um, creating responsibilities, you know, to build a team and all that kind of stuff. I'm not doing it. Like my mother came to help one time. <laughs> uh, she's like, she just happened to visit and she saw that I was so busy. So she just stepped in, you know, and I'm like, this is just a fluke or whatever not knowing that was a testament to um, the growth of the business that I had to think about creating, um, creating responsibilities and roles for other, for, for people to hire. Um, so he's watching me. And so once I finally slowed down a little bit, he goes, you know, he goes, you really love what you do. I said, I really love what I do. He said, and they love your food. He was like, I'm watching them. He said, I, I hear them. He was like, you, he was like, you, you and don't And he sees stop. you and he sees you also. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Right. He's like, I, I, I see how, how he's like, I understand now what you mean when you talk about it. Cause you know, some people talk and they have a little passion and then you don't see the results. He was like, I see it now because I see. So he goes, so what would it take to, open a store. When are you going to get a store? I said, you know what? I made up my mind this year. I was either going to crap or get off the pot. I don't want to, you know, do not to be disrespectful to vendors or anything like that. I don't want to play it small anymore because one of the things my customers are consistently saying, where's your store? When are you going to open a store? Right? So if the people are asking that to me, that's meaningful. And it's been, you know, these are, this is the same question that's been coming, you know, year after year. Yeah, and God speaks through so other he, people, really. Yeah, okay, okay. So he says, when are you, what, what does it take for you to open a store? I said about 155000 and blah, blah, blah. I run like all these numbers down because remember, I had taken this Weibo course years prior. So I've been updating my numbers and the business and, you know, everything that I've learned because of this course that helped me really think about my business from A to D. So when he asked me this question, he goes, well, that's a random number. I said, it's not random. I said, that's exactly how much it will cost to open a store if I were to go that way. He said, well, 
where would you have your store? So I'm thinking about, you know, different locations and I'm telling him what it needs to look like. It needs to be, you know, high traffic area. I want to work with, you know, in, in near malls and touristy areas and, you know, metro tech and blah, blah, blah. He's like, hmm, okay. And, you know, we talk a little more and he finally says, all right, so I'll give you the money. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he says, I'll give you the money. I said, um, okay. What do you want? He says, I don't want anything. He said, I want, I want to see you win. He said, I want you to grow your business. I said, that's impossible. I said, so this is what I want you to do. I said, I want you to take a few days and think about what you just said to me. I said, because I'm going to take you up on it. Because remember, I had already made up my mind. I'm going to crap or get off the pot. I was already thinking about, you know what? Go get a business loan, line of credit or whatever. Start looking for a location and, and, and open a business. I've made up my mind. I was going to do this. And then here he comes with this incredible offer, which alleviated a lot of the concerns that I had about red tape, about qualifying for business loan, about all of these things that scares me about opening, right? It's incredibly unbelievable. It just, it's weird how these things, when we're ready, the doors open for us. Oh my God. Right? So I said, you know what? I, in my heart, in my heart, I said, go for it, go for it, because God knows me. God knows me better than anybody, right? He knows I'm the kind of person, like, you have to kind of crack me over my head to, for me to know that it's real, because I'm just going to be like, no, 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 keep questioning, no, I don't think so, no, no, no. But when someone says it directly in your face, reaffirms and, and confirms what you've been thinking, and opens the door for you to do that thing, I said, okay. We went through fast forward. We went through back and forth. Oh my God. This was about 2017, 2018. When we, this was about February of March and then the pandemic hit. Look at that. <laughs> it's like, I know. Right? Yeah. Um, he, he, he and I, we were looking at um, storefronts and going over the numbers and everything. Then the pandemic hit. And I said, well, that wouldn't make any sense because they're about to shut the entire country down. Right? So I, my mindset was also, okay, a lot is going on now. We have this, this incredible... Um, this this pandemic where people you know lots of people are dying you don't know what to expect what's going to happen but personally my being my person i said it hasn't happened to me yet it hasn't affected me yet we don't know what tomorrow will bring move forward keep going and then he said well why don't we do a food truck you know we we won't be stuck with you know uh, a storefront, somebody else's property. You don't know what's going to happen, you know, being responsible for the rent or mortgage or anything like that. If we did a food truck, you know, we'd be fully and solely responsible for everything. And plus we'll be able to operate, which in turn was a great thing because remember they shut the country down. All the restaurants were closed. 
New York governor authorized outdoor eating. We did amazing. Had this. <laughs> we did amazing. So let's back up for a second. How did you yeah. like you decide you're going to go into a food truck? How'd you find it? How'd you design it? Where'd you go to get it? Like this is just because on a whim in the middle of freaking COVID, you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're and everything's like locked down. You go find a truck and 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 suit it and, and hit the road. So tell me about yeah. that. So, um, so I had remember I've, I've already been in business for a few years. I had already done the footwork. I did everything that I needed to do as far as I'm concerned. I believe that proved that I wanted to be in business, that I own this business. Everything about me owns this business. Now, here comes this guy that's offering this opportunity to me that wants to be a part of it. So I said to him, if you really want to be a part of this, you look for the food truck. You look for the builder. <laughs> okay. I want you to prove, I want you to put some sweat equity into this and prove to me that you want to be a part of this, that you really want to see me grow. This guy came back with so many, like within 24 hours, all these builders, uh, not all, but a few builders um, within New York. We found one that was in Brooklyn and turns out he does majority of the food trucks that are the fleets that are out there. Master Builder, he was on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. He's now in Long Island. The pandemic forced him to move um, to Long Island, his location. And we gave him a call. We looked at all the food trucks that I was familiar with. And I'm like, oh, I know this truck. I know this truck. I know that truck. This guy built them. So his reputation preceded him. Made a call, scheduled an appointment, and we sat and talked with him for probably two and a half hours. When I tell you this guy, when I told him my vision, and that was the most important thing, he wanted to know who I was. He wanted to know about my business, detail for detail. How you cut? How are you? Do, are you doing fresh fries? Are you doing frozen fries? Are like how many fryers would you need? How many refrigerators do you need? A burner? Do you need an oven? And all like all of the schematics. He wanted to know everything so that he could have a visual, and which was beautiful because it allowed me to build out from scratch my kitchen, which I didn't think of because remember my table and tent with two tables, a tent, and a fryer, and two, two, two buckets, two coolers. <laughs> so now I had to really, really think in very fine detail what my business is now going to be because now I'm thinking 150000 is a lot of money. French fries are not going to pay this back in the timeline that I wanted to pay it back. I want to pay it back in five years. So I started thinking, what can we add to the French fries? What will work? Well, I'm a pescatarian. I love fish. I love shrimp. What can you do with fish and shrimp? I'm a creative person. So I came up with the fish taco. I came up with the shrimp taco. I came up with the fish slider. Okay, and what else? The fish and shrimp. The uh, the combo we have fish and fries, shrimp and fries, 
um, the combo, the fish and shrimp and fries. I created a seafood fry that comes with shrimp and crab meat with a butter garlic seafood sauce that goes over the fries. It's, this food is amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to try that. I am, so I'm going to have to try that. That's going to be a necessity. This, this food, when I tell you this food is so good, we are five stars on Yelp. We are five stars on Yelp. I didn't even know that. I know I was capable. I know I can cook. I know I, I make my food that I make personally for myself. My food's good. I, I treat myself good. You know, my 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 boyfriend like he loves for me to cook. Like he, it's a create it's a creation. It's a spectacle. It's <laughs> all these wonderful things. I, I'll never forget when you know I'm taking care of my grandmother and I I'm, I made a dish for her and she said to me. She said, baby, I don't even care how it tastes. The presentation is amazing. <laughs> presentation, presentation is everything. She said, this looks so good. And then when she tasted it, she was like, this is the absolutely delicious. So I say all of that to say, I had to think of additional items to help uh, increase the possible revenue, the potential revenue. So because now I'm only thinking I have to pay this guy back because I hate that. I hate that. Now I'm taking out this. I'm committed to this 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 loan now. Um, and the, all I want to do is pay it back. So I want to pay it back as soon as I can. Um, and he was very easy. It was the strangest thing. The strangest thing. I, I expected more. But it was just the paper write-up, which kind of, uh, fast forward, uh, again, we can probably talk later, that kind of got us in a little bit of a tr bit of trouble, but nothing major. It's just things that we needed to sort out. But we created an agreement between the two of us that I would pay him back in a certain amount of time with this much interest. He really wanted nothing else. He, did, he, did, he didn't want anything else. He honestly didn't. Um, but my, my mindset was paid off because I cannot think that it, it, it gives me conniption, right? I need to pay it off as soon as possible. And the only way to do this is to build up the menu. When I built up the menu, it, it became beautiful. It became a beautiful thing. It became doable. It became staples outside of us being just five. And I had to remind my staff that I eventually built that, remember, we are a French fry company, which means regardless of the other components, the fish and the sliders and the tacos, these fries need to be perfect every single time. Every single time. Because I understand how people eat. They eat with their eyes first. They eat with their eyes first. Absolutely. And when it comes to French fries, People start picking with the fries. People, you you can take one and put the whole thing in your mouth, or you nibble until the end. They need to be crispy on the outside and meaty on the inside, and just carrying the sauce carries it. Oh my god! I love what I do. I love what I do. I do it with intention, and I do it with you. In mind, I do it with, I honestly do it with my customer in mind. When I hand over that plate or that bag, like, I want you to absolutely enjoy it. Absolutely enjoy it. It has to be the best meal you have for the day. I, I love this. I love the expansion of the menu, and I love the seafood and, and, and the creation of that. I mean, 
So when, like, explain to me a little bit more, like, did you create new sauces as well for the shrimp and fish? Um, what items, like, I mean, did you carry over all your fries? I mean, how did you, I mean, I mean, I just want to understand the difference in the menu or at least anchor it because I understand the adding of the fish and the pescatarian into the truck. But I think yeah. for the audience, I want to anchor the growth of the menu to what it was before <clears throat> to what it is now. Yeah. So what what I wanted to do, because when you're on a food truck, even though it, it's larger than a, a pop-up tent, it's still a small space, right? You don't have a lot of storage space. So that forced me, it didn't force me, it just worked out well, that I was able to enter, how do you, what, how do you say this word? Uh, multi-use, one thing for multiple things, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the french fries could be used for five different things. The fish could be used for three other dishes. The shrimp could be used for two other dishes. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So I had to be, be purposeful about everything that I use because of space constraints, right? But everything had its purpose. Right. Everything had a space within the truck. Right. Chinese restaurants um, and diners are great at this, taking the, their inventory and turning it into like a thousand different items. Yeah. I think that's where I got that from because I love, used to love Chinese food also. <laughs> yeah, know? me too. But, but it makes total sense. It makes complete sense how you can um, divvy your, your one item to make many things, right? That the, the, the level of um, revenue is, I don't want to say endless, but it just it simply increases it. The possibility to increase it is, is, is what one should do. Um, I, so I eventually ended up with honestly 26 different dipping sauces because I wanted to go wild, right? I love food. I've been to many countries, you know, I became an adult onset athlete at what, 37 or something like that. I ended up, you know, running a bunch of, uh, marathons, triathlons and things like that. So it kind of took me around the world also. And so I've been able to experience different foods. And I kind of brought that stuff that kind of grew up doing that also. I traveled, traveled a lot with my family and, um, just bringing back those flavors. I wanted to tap into that and put those in my sauces because this is, this is the result of, of my travel and my experiences and, it it appeals to my customer base also who are eclectic who are very diverse when so i think it's hugely some, yeah go ahead i'm sorry but i think it's hugely important the exposure you had from around the world and i think that exposure mm -hmm. and education to the world palette especially through food mm -hmm. and understanding different yeah. cultures and different how the humans live around the world and how we're all the same, but so different in, in the way that we mm -hmm. live in. There's so many things to discover, particularly in food out there. So I love this. Continue. Um, I just wanted yeah. to anchor that because that exposure, I think, is huge in you being a successful entrepreneur as well. Yeah. So it, it, it appealed to my customers who were from different countries, right? So some of my Asian customers, you know, my Indian customers, if they saw, you, you know, the mango chutney, then what do you know about chutney? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? My Jamaican customers, you know, um, my some who, who some 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 of my customers who love spicier foods. You know, do you have anything hotter? It's amazing to me. I don't have anything hot enough for Africans. I'm telling you, there's an African component of people. I don't have anything hot enough for them. I'm like, your tongue has to be. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help you. Love it. <laughs> I can't help you. And plus, I have to I have to consider other safety, right? So if you need anything hotter, you are on your own, right? But this is the level that we're at. But they still enjoy it. They enjoy the spices and they enjoy the twist on it. Right. Because, of course, I'm not I don't know anything uh, compulsory about uh, mango chutney or jerk. I just put a twist on it. Right. So this allows me when I'm thinking about, well, what kind of what's my demographic for my food? Like I'm not soul food because I don't do fried chicken and, you know, um, uh, I guess pork chops and macaroni and collard. I don't do all of that. Like I don't even eat that in my life because I see what it's done for my community, my African-American community, like in moderation. Yes. But overall, no, it's too much unhealthy for us in, you know, on an, on a, a regular basis. Um, but I also just enjoy food, you know, um, so I had to figure out what is my demographic. I'm not African-American. I'm not West Indian. I'm not Asian. I'm American soul food. I cook with the love. I cook with my soul. I think about my customers. My intention is good. And I want you to be full and fulfilled. So I had, that was my tag. I said, you are American soul food. And that's it. I love it. That's it. So let's, I'm, I'm going to touch on, you mentioned the business partnership and, and it, it comes in your life. And, and as all things do, that God gives us something and we still have to add our will to it to align with his will. And so talk to me about that relationship, that partnership you mentioned as you went to pay things off. Like w- what happened there? Like how, how is that? Is it now? Does <laughs> it still exist? Like talk to me a little bit about that. Well, um, very, very interesting. So as we started the food truck business and we were going through the pandemic, um, we were going through the pandemic, uh, doing rather well, again, because most, um, restaurants were closed. Um, there was a, something else going on in my life personally where, um, and it was uh, some family discourse and it had to do with my grandmother's church. Now, I don't want to go through all the details, but I ended up responsible for overall the maintenance, the ownership. I inherited the responsibility of this church. And I'm like, honey, I am nobody's pastor. I am nobody's deaconess, none of these things, but I love the Lord. I love going to church. I love spirituality. I love and truly believe in my grandmother's vision, um, upholding her legacy and wanting the church to flourish. So I had to think about what I was going to do with this building. Selling it wasn't an option, though my family wanted to. Turns out 
inheritance. When I say inheritance, I mean inheritance. I ended up responsible for this building. Um, so one of the things I did to protect the building, I it's now I I applied for it to be a national landmark. It is now a national landmark in the heart of Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York. With that, I partnered. Very ingenuitive. With, I love this. Always yeah, play defense right? too and offense. That's right. So in the meantime, Larry, his name is Larry. His name is Lawrence Tinsley. I call him Larry. Um, Larry and I, we became really, really close. I had broken up with my boyfriend of eight years. I'm not looking for another man. But Larry became that companion for me that I didn't know I needed. I didn't want romance. I didn't want anything more than just a friendship. And he provided, he didn't, he didn't either. <laughs> we just became friends, really, really close friends. We were so in tune with one another as far as the business was concerned, friendship was concerned, our life expectancies and things that we wanted to do um, when it came to people. And he was a yes man. And I don't want to say a yes man as far as a doormat. He wasn't that. He was a yes man in believing in me and believing in anything that I wanted to do, if it made sense to him, let's do it. It's not that he didn't question it. He just believed that it's something that needed to be done. Larry and I decided, you know what? Why don't we, um, why don't we use the church and reopen the food pantry? Because during the pandemic, um, people people didn't have food. They didn't. Remember, the, the supermarkets, not that the supermarkets were closed, but they were overrun or out of product. And, you know, so the, the government started giving out, um, you know, sort uh, food, you know, pallets and pallets of food. So we were able to connect with an organiz an agency in the city. I think it was in Chelsea somewhere. Larry had a pickup truck and we pick up, picked up pallets and pallets of, um, of food and we just started giving it out at the church. And I said, well, we need to start thinking about because I know what they're looking for from my experience growing up. I know what these agencies are looking for. So we needed to um, we needed to record the recipient's personal information so that if they came asking if, if any agencies we're asking who's getting this food. We need to have a record. So it turned out on Saturday morning, we were feeding hundreds of the lines. My God, the lines were around the down the block, around the corner. It was so heartbreaking and fulfilling at the same time. When I tell you, Larry, <coughs> Larry worked so quietly, so peacefully. Um, and doing whatever needed to be done to make sure that these families received what they needed. We partnered, we became such a tight partnership, people thought we were married, <laughs> and we were not. Um, and from there, what became a norm with Ms. Fudge, we had to let our customer base know that on Saturdays we open late because we run a food pantry in the morning. So we didn't open until like two o'clock in the afternoon and stayed open a little later until about eight o'clock with the food truck. 
and our customer base understood that. So when we got to our location, we already had customers. They knew where we were coming. <laughs> we were coming late and they just knew that when we opened, they wanted to be the first to get their food. But this was consistently for the last two years until, until, um, Larry was diagnosed with stage three cancer, lung cancer in August and passed away in November. Oh my gosh, what an awful place to have to end the, uh, the podcast. We're going to leave everyone on a cliffhanger, but we, do, we are out of time, Pippi, and I'm going to have to ask you to come on for a part three and just continue to tell the story. Uh, sorry, everyone, I'm going to try to make this quick. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening in. If you want to listen to us, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. If you're hungry, you don't want to go out and you're stuck on the couch, use your app, use DoorDash, have food delivered to your home. That's what I do. Also, if you like what you, we hear, if you want to be on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. I love you guys. Thank you for always sharing the episode. Thank you for giving it for five stars. Thank you, everyone, for being awesome always. I love you guys, and we're out.